Well, I wonder, have you seen the special visitors yet? See, at this time of year, special visitors come to this planet. All you have to do is look up into the night sky. And if you're fortunate enough, you'll see them. This past week, it's been in the news media about these special visitors. Northern Lights. Have you seen the Northern Lights, I wonder? Or the Aurora Borealis, to give it its scientific term. There's the science behind them, of course. The scientists tell us that it's when a solar wind, when a wind uh, from the sun meets Earth's magnetic field. That's the scientific explanation for the northern lights. But we have these special visitors at this time of year. When it comes to the autumn season, you see these beautiful lights. It's like a light display in the sky, and you don't have to pay anything for it. The Lord Jesus Christ, the great creator, he gives us this light display. He allows us to see these beautiful lights. And when we see them, of course, it should cause us to worship. It should cause us to say, Lord Jesus Christ, how great thou art, how great thou art. You died for me on Calvary. You bled and died on that old rugged cross. And, and you're the one. You, you, you're the one who's risen from the dead. And you're the one who puts the lights in the sky. You, you give us these beautiful displays of your handiwork, of your glory and your creation. Why why am I talking today about the the northern lights? What, uh, What have they got to do with the word of God? Well, it's because we've read today in Scripture, in Revelation chapter 8 and Psalm 19, about the heavens up there in the night sky. We look up and we see the colors, the different colors from the, from the aurora borealis, from the northern lights, and reminds us that there is a creator. By the way, it's very interesting if you look at the colors of the northern lights, you'll notice that there's two predominant colors, green and red. Do you know in the book of Revelation... In chapter 4, it tells us that around the throne of God, there is, guess what? Two colors, green and red. They're described as emerald and jasper, emerald, I better get it right, emerald and sardine. That's the two names that are given to them. You read Revelation 4 when you go home. The emerald, which is obviously green, but the sardine is red. The green and the red around the throne of God. You know, friends, whenever we see the aurora, whether we see it with the naked eye or whether we see it on the internet or wherever, whenever we see it, it should remind us that God is still on the throne. It's just as if we can see the throne of God. We can see the green. We can see the red. We can see the northern lights in the night sky and it reminds us that the Lord Jesus Christ is still on his throne. 
My, that's a comforting thought today. What an encouragement to us. Have you had a difficult week? Are you going through a fiery trial? Remember, he's still on the throne. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 7, Unto the Son he saith, Thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. But let's come to Revelation chapter 8 today because it does speak about the sky and it speaks about outer space. It speaks about the sun, the moon, and the stars. And we come today to the fourth angel. Remember, we have looked at the first three angels. Each one has a trumpet. Each angel blows the trumpet. It's, it's a declaration of war. Remember that? Back at the start of September 1939, our nation declared war on the Nazis in Germany. Well, here in Revelation chapter 8, the Lord Jesus Christ has declared war on his enemies. All the Christians are now in heaven. They have been taken home. And the only people who inhabit the earth are those who have rejected Christ. And Jesus Christ declares war on his enemies here and his servants, the angels, take their trumpets and they blow, blow with the trumpet. It's, it's like a siren. You remember during the war, well, maybe you don't remember, but, but we know that during the war, the Second World War, there were air raid sirens. Whenever the Luftwaffe were, were near and the bombing raids were about to take place, the sirens went off for people to take shelter. War was ongoing. There was a war on. Well, there's a war on here in Revelation chapter 8. And the siren sounds. Here's the sound of an alarm, we could say. And the fourth angel blows its trumpet. And in verse 12 of Revelation 8, we read the third part of the sun was smitten and the third part of the moon. And the third part of the stars, so as the third part of them was darkened, and the day shone not for a third part of it, and the night likewise. The fourth trumpet, sun, moon, and stars are affected. Darkness is the, the result. That's the judgment. There's darkness upon the earth. And of course, whenever there's less sun, less sunlight, what happens? The temperature Decreases. There's supposed to be global warming. But according to Revelation 8 verse 12, there's global cooling. There's less sunshine. Don't have to be a rocket scientist. Uh, don't have to have a PhD to work out when, when you've got less sunlight. Less sun, you're going to have a colder planet. Hmm, that's interesting. It's also interesting here that the fourth trumpet aligns with the fourth day of creation. What happened on the fourth day of creation according to Genesis chapter 1? That was the day whenever God created the sun, the moon, and the stars. So here's the fourth trumpet in the last book of the Bible and it, it parallels the fourth day of creation in the first book of the Bible. 
Genesis 1 and 14, And God said, Let there be lights in the firmament of the heaven to divide the day from the, from the night. And let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and years. And let them be for lights in the firmament of the heaven to give light upon the earth. And it was so. And God made two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night. He made the stars also. And God set them in the firmament of the heaven to give light upon the earth and to rule over the day and over the night and to divide the light from the darkness. So it's interesting when you compare Scripture with Scripture. And remember I said Scripture interprets Scripture. That's, that's something we need to remember as we study the Word of God. Scripture interprets Scripture. The idea is of a key unlocking the door. A passage of Scripture, a verse of Scripture that we find hard to understand. Well, search elsewhere in Scripture and you find the key. The key to understanding. So the theme here, the idea in this fourth trumpet, this this fourth judgment is... That creation is affected. There's less light. God created the sun, the moon, the stars, but now the one who has created them reduces, he decreases the light from them. But I I want to encourage believers in the service today. Here's a thought that I want you to take with you today. In the midst of your your troubles, your discouragements, in the midst of the hardships of life, in the midst of the fiery darts of the wicked one, remember that creation is on your side. All of creation is for you. We've read about the sun, the moon, and the stars. You know what's amazing as you read through Scripture, how, how, you, how you read, you discover that the sun, the moon, and the stars are on the side of the Lord's people. Look, look with me now, um, or rather listen, you don't have to turn to it, but listen to Joshua chapter 10. Then spake Joshua to the Lord in the day when the Lord delivered up the Amorites before the children of Israel. And he said in the sight of Israel, Son, stand thou still upon Gibeon. So there's the sun. And thou moon in the valley of Ajalon. So Joshua, he speaks to the sun and the moon. Some people would have said he's mad. But he wasn't mad because here's what happened. And the sun stood still and the moon stayed until the people had avenged themselves upon their enemies. The sun stood still in the midst of heaven and hasted not to go down about a whole day. And there was no day like that before it or after it that the Lord hearkened unto the voice of a man For the Lord fought for Israel. The Lord fought for his chosen people and he used the sun and the moon to do so. I want to tell you, believer, that the Lord will fight for you. The Lord is fighting for you. The Lord is on your side and he can even use the creation to fight for you. That's what he did for Joshua and for his people Israel as they entered into the promised land. 
But what about the stars? Are the stars on the side of the Lord's people? Well, Judges chapter 5, it's Deborah now. And she's singing and she says in Judges chapter 5, they fought from heaven. The stars in their courses fought against Sisera. Sisera was a general, an army general uh, from one of the uh, enemies of Israel. And the stars fought against him. So the sun and the moon fought for Joshua and the, and the stars fought against Sisera. Sisera. So creation is on the side of the Lord's people. Isn't it amazing today that we who are saved by the grace of God, washed in the precious blood of Christ, that the very creation is on our side. What a wonderful Lord we have. Be encouraged, believer, today. And so we have the mention of of, of sun, moon, and stars here in this fourth trumpet judgment. And the mention of the fourth of the sun, the moon, the stars on the fourth day of creation. And we take heart today in the knowledge that the very creation is on our side and God can use it to help us, to support us, to fight with us as we battle with our enemies. So that's the first angel in verse 12. But then we we see that there's a second angel in verse 13. We notice a second angel described in verse 13 of Revelation chapter 8. Now this angel is not blowing a trumpet. This angel is speaking. This angel is a preacher. This angel is is not playing, not blasting, not blowing with the trumpet. This angel is declaring a message. Verse 13, And I beheld and heard an angel flying through the midst of heaven, saying with a loud voice, Woe, woe, woe to the inhabitants of the earth, by reason of the other voices of the trumpet of the three angels, which are yet to sound. There's a word there that stands out. It's repeated three times. It's the little word, woe. Woe. That was a word that was often on the lips of the Savior. If you read the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you'll find the Lord Jesus often used that little word, woe. Do you remember the day that he stood in Capernaum and he said, Woe unto thee, Chorazin, woe unto thee, Bethsaida, for if the mighty works uh, that have been done in thee had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented in sackcloth and ashes. Those two cities were very favored. A lot of miracles had taken place. I want to tell you folks that we in, in this country have been highly favored by God. We are blessed in a remarkable way with Bibles and with churches and with mission halls and with open air services and with gospel tracts and CDs and the internet and all the rest of it. But have we repented? Have you repented? Have you done a U-turn? 
Have you turned from your old way of life and turned to the Savior? You need to do that today if you haven't already done so. Because judgment is coming. And if judgment is going to fall on those two cities that Christ referred to, then how much more is judgment going to fall on us today if we have all these spiritual blessings and yet we reject them and don't make good use of them? In another passage, Matthew 23, the Lord Jesus speaks to the the religious leaders and he says, Woe unto you, scribes, Pharisees, hypocrites. Again, he's using that little word, woe, these hypocrites, these religious leaders who appeared so righteous outwardly, they looked so clean and proper outwardly, but inwardly they were filthy. Jesus said they were like like a grave, full of dead men's bones. You see, the Lord looks on the heart, he doesn't look on the outward appearance. Suppose that's been one of the bans of the evangelical church in the West for decades that we have looked on the outward appearance. Oh, what's a, what, what does a person wear? What's that person wearing? Oh, she's not wearing the right clothes to church. He's not wearing the right clothes to church. She's not wearing this. He's not wearing that. I want to tell you, good folks, I want to remind you, the Lord is not worried really at all about your outward clothing in the great scheme of things. So you can come to this church and dress whatever way you like. That's up to you. But I'll tell you what the Lord is worried about, what he is concerned about, what he's interested in, is your spiritual clothing, the clothing on the inside. What clothing is upon your soul today? Is it the filthy rags of your own supposed righteousness or is it the righteousness of Christ? So these religious leaders, they were, that's the kind of things they were taken up with. They weren't bothered about whether a person was saved so much. No, it's just whether the person ticked all their wee petty boxes, all their traditions. And the Lord said to these people, woe, Woe to you. The word woe, of course, it means I wouldn't like to be in your shoes because judgment is coming. God will punish you. You're going to reap what you sow. Woe. But back to Revelation chapter 8. Woe, woe, woe to the inhabitants of the earth. The angel is pronouncing this warning upon these inhabitants of the earth, but who are they? Well, as I've already said, these are the people who have been left behind. Jesus has come back for his people. The trumpet of the Lord has sounded. All the Christians have gone home for the married supper of the Lamb. And these people are those who have rejected Christ and his gospel, the inhabitants of the earth. But what it literally means is those who live for the earth. That's literally what it it means. It's not talking so much about those who are living on the earth, but those who are living for the earth. 
Have you heard of a Greek goddess called Gaia? Gaia? There's a church in Norwich, in England, and for the whole of the month of October, they have had this Gaia exhibition. This exhibition named after a Greek pagan goddess. What is a pagan goddess doing in a Christian place of worship? But there are those today, sadly, even in Christian places of worship, who worship Gaia, this Greek goddess. She's the Greek goddess of the earth. Greek goddess of the earth. We, we're, we're thinking now about the inhabitants of the earth. Sad today, there are those who worship Gaia. They worship the goddess. Tell you, there's a lot of people in Glasgow at the present time or have been in Glasgow for the climate summit and they worship Gaia. They worship Mother Earth. They don't believe in a creator God, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. No. No, they worship the earth. They worship Gaia. Inhabitants of the earth. Those who live for the earth. And if they continue to live for the earth, they will be left behind someday when Christ returns. But there's the danger that there is someone in the service this morning who could be left behind as well. You say, well, I don't worship some pagan goddess. Maybe you say, I'm not overly into, you know, global warming, climate change, not really bothered or interested about it. But still, you could be left behind someday. And you could be on the earth when this fourth angel blows the trumpet. That would be very, very sad. Do you know why? Because you will spend all eternity in hell. That's why it's sad. Because you see the people in Revelation chapter 8, the, these inhabitants of the earth, they cannot be saved because it's too late. The day of grace has ended. There's no more time to be converted. No more time to be born again. All hope has gone. <coughs> and there will be people on the earth at this time who are just like the rich farmer in Luke chapter 12. Do you remember the man who said, Soul, take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry, for thou hast many goods led up for many years. Just live for this earth. Forget about Christ. Forget about creation. Forget about the judgment, forget about eternity, forget about the blood, forget about heaven and hell, forget about it all, just live for materialism. There's going to be people on the earth when this fourth angel sounds the trumpet, people exactly like that. I hope, I really hope that you will not be among them. The only hope that you have is Christ crucified. He's your only hope. 
You may have heard of the church over in Glasgow this past week who put out a banner outside the church. The world's most urgent need is churches preaching Christ crucified, not climate change. I like that. That is the most urgent need for churches, to preach Christ crucified, not climate change. Really, that's the dividing mark with a lot of churches now, isn't it? You either go all into climate change, or it's Christ crucified. Which of them is it? Which of the two C's is it? Is it climate change or Christ crucified? The great cry of the Apostle Paul was, 1 Corinthians 1.23, we preach Christ crucified. You see, the Lord Jesus Christ is the creator, isn't he? He controls the climate. And the one who created this universe is the one who was crucified for our sins and was raised from the dead. So trust the one on the church banner. By the way, the banner was torn down by the climate activists. Nice people, aren't they? During the summit, our prime minister has been telling us that we are one minute to midnight. One minute to midnight. I have to say I agree with him. We are one minute to midnight, but not because of climate change, because Christ is coming back again. And there's very little time left to prepare. And as I I said a moment ago, if you're not saved, don't you get hot and bothered all worked up about climate change. Your greatest need is Christ crucified. I want us to sing a hymn that speaks of the crucified Savior. It's 628. 628. Let's have the first and last verses, please, of 628 drawn to the cross, which thou hast blessed with healing gifts for souls distressed, to find in thee my life, my rest. There it is, Christ crucified. I come. Will you say that today? Is there someone at the end of our service who's willing to say that today? Christ crucified, I come. May the Lord help you to do so. First and last verses, 628, please. Let's start. 